This episode of El Politico is recorded on Monday the 26th of June 2023 at 1pm. Terms and conditions may have changed by the time it is broadcast. So for anybody still listening, this is part two, uh, I'd say the summer recess for El Politico and hopefully we'll be back uh, uh, in the autumn because Paul and Thomas are busy doing uh, things in the summer so mm-hmm. we'll have lots to talk about then lads mm-hmm. but um, I suppose there's one or two things that we're, we haven't spoken about and Thomas uh, in in your honour because you know you were missing for an episode we haven't spoken about the big elephant in the room the big <laughs> honcho the Don the Don yeah okay and I'm going to play one clip of the Don Related to the Don, and I think the way I'd introduce it is, have things changed? So have a listen. In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Your Vice President, Mike Pence, is running against you. Your Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. Uh, Your second Defense Secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House Chief of Staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first Defense Secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House Press Secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milquetoast. And multiple times you've referred to your Transportation Secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? No, the burn at the end of that is impressive. I'd love to hear his response to that. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know where that came from? Do you know what? Did you drop um, a hint earlier on when you said um, it's something that runs around the the fields with four legs on and could possibly be of a ginger coat? I did, Tom. That was was an interview on Fox News. That's Mm. unreal. Now, Paul. Yeah. Read from that, so. But Rupert Murdoch, did he not change tack completely five, six months ago and endorse Santos? Wasn't that his, um, wasn't in the Washington Post or whatever that Santos was, was there was a big caption and it was, it was all about Santos is the new, is the new uh, Messiah basically and yeah. Trump was old news. But Trump hasn't, there's nothing new about Trump. Trump is, but the only thing is we've seen it all now. This is, there's nothing mm. fresh about Donald Trump. And I mean, that's, that's, that's fairly indicting, isn't yeah. it? When you hear of all his... By the way, John Kelly, I think he has... Um, someone in Mount Shannon is related to John Kelly. Someone said that to me. They have a holiday house in one of the bays and he's related to John... It's either his brother, but someone close to John Kelly is in Mount Shannon. There you go. That's a side... Oh, I get him for an interview. <laughs> Didn't know that. Didn't yeah. know that. It, it, yeah, it's 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 it's... The most peculiar um, presidential campaign, especially from the Republican point of view. Okay, you've got it. You can list all those things there. All the people, and the burn was really good, Luke. All right, we didn't get it, but the burn was really good. Um, Why did he hire all those people? And he's trashed them all now, and they have kind of deserted him in a lot of ways um, for his relaunch, if you want to call it that, for the 2024 um, presidential campaign uh, and the Republican nomination. Uh, And you've got some heavy hitters um, looking for that Republican nomination as well. Mike Pence, 
Um, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who was re-elected on a landslide just last year, and he's... Um, He's um, the South Carolina woman um, with the UN, the ambassador, Nikki Hall, isn't it? Nikki? Is yeah. That, yeah. All standing and looking for the Republican nomination. And as you said, Thomas, there a couple of months ago, it looked like coming out of his landslide re-election in Florida, turning that state into a real Republican state now at this stage as governor and as with the House of Representatives, um, Marco Rubio re-winning his seat. looks like a real Republican state, which had been historically always a swing state and even a Democrat state for a long time. Um, that looks like it was going to give DeSantis a huge amount of momentum. And he was getting that. It wasn't a, an explicit endorsement from Murdoch. See, Murdoch always plays this very, very um, carefully. He never... He, he always tries to present the... Or the Murdoch Corporation tried to present it in the UK and in the US as if it's their imprimatur that gives this... Um, candidate the 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 kiss of life and the ability to go and win an election it rarely is they tend to kind of time it at the point when that candidate has generated their own momentum and are almost unstoppable if you we, want to call we'll, it we'll back ways. the winner when we know who the winner is exactly, going to be exactly exactly so it's a question of media timing and how it is they're presented DeSantis looked like that but DeSantis has had no traction since no he's, he's flailing he's definitely he's really not. fallen from grace and big no, time yeah, I, you know, he just doesn't seem to be connecting no. um, he's got a, he has a very specific I was reading but, about this he has a very specific strategy he's not going this is a dangerous strategy you, we all know the American system and how it works the, you go out to New Hampshire and Iowa in the early days you gain a bit of momentum they're small states they don't mean a lot in the electoral college vote when it comes to um, the actual election but to get your momentum as a, as, as a candidate before your Republican delegates you kind of you do that you do those town hall meetings DeSantis has picked a kind of a slightly different strategy in that he's not concentrating on those initial um, caucuses or um, elections that he's concentrating on states around the kind of middle of the process maybe the kind of more central states um, that might come in a month or two later in the process which could which, be a dangerous strategy it's a very dangerous strategy it's a peculiar strategy nobody has really followed it before mm. um, they haven't gone for this initial boomf momentum because sometimes if you don't get that initial momentum well then it's the opposite to that initial momentum you get knocked off and you get no momentum and you can't really get to those middle big swing ticket delegate um, states look that's interesting but he just he doesn't seem to have that likability no. Um, thing. There's something about him that isn't quite right. But, he's, he's, he's but nobody seems to. This is the point I make. Nobody seems to have it. Um, but it do you know like, who's. It, sorry. Go, no, no he's, he, he comes across as, as a kind of a whiner. He's, a, yeah. he's, he's, he's not. He I mean, doesn't come across as a nice sort of individual. There's a metric that's often used all around the world in relation to politicians and in relation to who it is you vote for. And you use this metric of who is it I'd like to have a beer with? Yes, right. And it was uh, about Bertie Ahern. Bertie Ahern was a classic that example was, of it. Bertie Bass. Yeah. Classic example of it. Yeah. And DeSantis is just one of those guys, oh God, if you got caught in a bar with him, you'd be saying, oh jeez. Yeah. No, he's that type. No, he might be a great... You know, like, just don't oh, catch his eye when you just, go into yeah, the bar. He, so he, that likability thing isn't there uh, for him. Anderson Cooper had one of his town halls a couple of weeks ago with a former... Uh, he went against Trump and then he supported Trump. And he's actually, he, he, he speaks really, really well, but he's not going to get the nomination. What's his name? Uh, he, was up, he was up the last time in 2016 against him. He's a big guy. 
What's his name? Chris Christie? Chris Christie. Oh, Chris Christie, the governor yeah. of New Jersey. He's, yes, he, he, yes, he's, yes. he speaks really, really yeah. well. Yeah, and he's, again, he's the guy you'd have a beer with. You know, yes, that, he He's that type yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but he rode in behind Trump he, for he, last he, time around Tom. But he, he did. He, he, did. Of, he, he did. did. But he then, laid down before him. But then he got, then the, what happened there? There was something with a bridge, wasn't there? He, yeah. his, his career in New Jersey got into a lot of trouble, and that was kind of... Yeah, Trump was shut down. He's a former. He's a former as well, isn't he? Yeah. In the, in the but, but, but none of this matters, lads. Ultimately, right? <laughs> no, none of this matters. And tell us why. Because none of the other candidates have been indicted on thirty-five federal charges, and none of them yeah. can repeat what happened last time around. In you could put twenty candidates in a room. And try and get the media time and try and get them exposure and try and get them whatever you want and put a lad with a bit of fake tan and a sort of a bad hairline in the other corner and all he needs to come out and say is, hello. Yeah. And he will get all the headlines. Yeah. And that's the American yeah. culture because they invented it and he has but, but, exploited it. But what happens, so Luke, you, 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 there are two serious federal indictments going on at the moment. There's the one down in Miami in relation to the nuclear secrets <laughs> that he stole and brought to his Mar-a-Lago complex. This is the one and in the bathroom. This is yes, the one, all the, the, all the files all the documents on top of the cistern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the one. And then there is the one in Manhattan in relation to the payments to Stormy Daniels. Um, so there are two federal indictments which mean that he could go to jail or be potentially going to jail. Now, is he just trying to kind of buy some time, be the presidential candidate and try and force these um, indictments off the table while he's there. It says a lot about American politics that you've got a former president that not alone just is indicted once federally, but indicted twice within six months federally um, for cases. And one of them, one of them, you would imagine, um, is one of those things that Americans just don't or shouldn't or won't condone taking of secrets to yeah, do with their but, military but again, and selling them. Paul, perhaps. I put it to you that the 25% of the people in the United States that got Donald Trump elected don't care. And that, as he says himself, he could literally go and shoot somebody in, in Fifth New York Avenue. in Fifth Avenue mm. and it wouldn't care. He wouldn't be arrested. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because if you go back to 2016, I thought one of the defining things, there was a lot of defining things, but one of the early defining things when you had the nomination. And do you remember that? Because America is such a... M so conscious of their military and so proud of their military for whatever reasons, that's the way they are. And, and, and you see a lot of congressmen and a lot of senators now, part of your political career is to spend time in the military and, and establish your credentials there. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's what yeah. You, so it's a military obsessed, maybe it's too strong a word, a military um, conscious society is what it actually is. He actually totally dissed, do you remember the Captain Can yes. moment? My God, it was extraordinary that um, he did that. It was along the lines of, I can murder on Fifth Avenue, for him to kind of adopt that approach towards a military person, a, a military hero yeah, um, but type person. It seemed irrelevant in his case. So he is a force, a particular force of yeah, nature. I said, no, well, he has never been, he has never won a popular vote though. And he has always decreased the vote mm. of his party it is that he represents. Yeah. They've lost, lost, but, lost, lost. Okay, the Congress elections of last midterms, they maybe stuttered over the line. Um, yeah in last November. So, look, it's amazing. He seems to suck all the all the oxygen and allows nobody else um, onto the stage, so to speak, or get any traction to try and challenge him for this Republican nomination. 
I have, um, I suppose, school friends back home uh, from the States who lost their father there last week. And the dad would have been a Democrat, very anti-Trump. One of the sons is staunchly Donald Trump, Republican. I don't know what the other son is, but I hope to meet them during the week and have a conversation with them because it'll be interesting meeting someone on the ground. But, yeah, but that's interesting. Have you? Do you know why he's staunch? I don't. Trump? You I don't, don't know why he is. No, yeah, I don't. Just, but very, very, and you know, both guys would be very level-headed guys. Mm. But as I said before, uh, but great, I, 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 I have a, co- a cousin who's uh, sadly deceased as well. But he came over here. Uh, had fought in the Second World War, mm-hmm. came over here uh, 2014 to, uh, no, sorry, 2016, he'd a pair of Donald Trump socks wearing them. Why did he have those? Can you answer why? So basically, he's white, he's standing up for the whites and we don't want anybody else taking us over. That, mm-hmm. uh, sadly, was but, but the it's, it's a, Hillary, Hillary, Clinton, Hill, Hillary Clinton was white. So Yeah, yeah but she was a woman. She was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- this is what I'm saying. It's sort of, it's racist, it's misogynistic. It's f- for those reasons, but there, th- that that was it. And I was very surprised. And I think mm. a lot of, uh, a lot of the other relations mm, over were. here would have been surprised in relation mm. to it as well. And, and uh, like one of the things he wanted to do was he wanted to go to Dunbeg. To the, uh, to and, and the great line yeah. that he had, he wanted to go to the hotel that would soon belong to the future president of the United States. Mm. That's the exact quote that he gave. Yeah. Because they're going, OK, I think we'll change the topic and talk about maybe yeah. Yeah, football but that's or something it. Look, like that. Notwithstanding the fact that I just we, said he has lost every election, lost every popular vote, he still has a significant vote <laughs> there. You know, he got the largest vote in the last election. It's just that the vote against him um, yeah. was more significant. But, but he po- got the, the largest... Po- the, po- the point that you could potentially come up against, Paul, and it's sort of like the states has gotten so polarised now that, mm. you know, it's not are you with me or are you against me, but there are 17 different conspiracy theories in relation to what we'd say Donald has had for breakfast. Yeah. Um, but... It'll be a question of when it gets to whatever about the nomination. I I would think, uh, looking at it at this stage, it's a no-brainer he's going to win the nomination. It looks like there's nobody else on the 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 Republican side. He's the the only one. Unless he is convicted in a court. Yeah, but my question to you, Paul, is can he still get the nomination and stand for president if he's in in jail? jail? Well, right. he's trying to make it into a kind of a mar- he's trying to make the whole indictment, the federal indictment, the court appearances. Yeah. He's trying to make those into a kind of a an election issue that they're yeah. actually conspiracy again out to get me, and this shouldn't be the yeah. case. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. Uh, but but nobody—that's the point. Nobody else is has seems to have any type of traction, and correct. I can't see anybody coming yeah. out of the pack yeah. now either. Um, in the Republican yeah. Party, no, There's maybe nothing. maybe when we come back after the summer, it'll recess, be interesting. But I don't see it. There. No, at, at this moment in time, you you can't see it. But you have the question that when it comes to you know they have the conventions and everything else like that this time next year, mm. and then you'll have the 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 runoff. The big worry will be that the twenty five percent of people that voted Democrat last time around and basically got Trump out because it was a bit like we've had four years of this. We mightn't like sort of Joe Biden to a certain extent, but he's sort of uh, 
stable he sort of yeah. might bring us back to what the ethos of what we think the American presidency and you know the way mm. our country is perceived across the world should be and you know we can call a spade a spade Joe Biden you know he's he's been normal mm. right you know outside of maybe looking for Mayo for Sam but that's a whole other different aspect of things he's no Donald Trump Right, mm. but you'd start to say a little bit like you go back twenty years ago and say, uh, you know, George W. Bush is that the best they could do? Mm. And you say Trump right. is that the best they could they could do? We, we've alluded to before the vice president Kamala Harris. We're all disappointed at mm. what she hasn't done. Well, the the interesting you know? thing, if you look at the Democrat side of things, you've got Biden there as the incumbent, and he says he is going to run again. Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris as his vice president you would imagine she will run again as vice president you've got RF Kennedy Jr. now I don't know if you've been following yeah, yeah. that he's making noises and again he's probably just a slightly odd character put yeah. it that way he's not he's, um, he's not uh, anything to JFK yeah uh, he's a, a peculiar man to say the least but again that, that would indicate you will have a certain pantomime quality to the yeah. democratic nomination process it'd be yeah. interesting to watch him yeah. over the summer see does he gain more traction yeah. But the, the question I give to you is, can the powers that be and, or, you know, that are there, like the Lincoln Project back in the day, where you yeah. had basically, you had a, a large element that would have previously voted Republican or that were Republican um, friendly, mm. were very much pushing for Biden Vote Biden because you can't put Trump back in. But that's the nature. That's the nature of a Trump. Oh yeah, I know, I know it is. You're going to have that reaction. But, but yeah, but the question is, Paul, are they going to be as united now, or next this time next year, as they were three years ago when you know it was a bit like? Well, possibly because there's more at stake now. You've seen how Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court has changed. So that's a new. That's a new coterie of political activists, if you want to call it that, women, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you, that man you played at the very start. Oh, no, sorry, it was his boss, Albert Reynolds. There's women yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, 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 True. Make no mistake, that will be a powerful, and that was just, I saw it was commemorated, the, the one year of the change in the Supreme Court it was commemorated in America with marches and protests over the weekend. That's a significant um, political grouping that might yeah. have been around four years ago. Trump will, basically has will. Three, got three judges onto the Supreme mm. Court, Tom. And they've overturned, I suppose, established, established law yeah. for 50 years. So, there, I think anytime you have Trump in an election, you will have, and like, I, I understand the question you're asking about do people run out of gas mm. and will you have the same commitment to it? Um, there's one new one, perhaps. Um, there is a little, it's something for people to watch now as well. There's a kind of, if we always look at the American election, we always, it always looks very binary. It looks Democrat, Republican, and that's how you win the states. You might remember Ross Perot back in 1992. Yep, independent. Um, independent. And you look to the candidates. There's a full list of candidates. Um, there's a Green Party. There's um, Libertarians. There's uh, National Socialists or uh, Socialists. There, there's a full list of candidates that stand for election. You know, the, the Green Party might get three or four million votes. The Libertarians might get five or six million votes. So 
they're all there in the mix as well and they could possibly swing states. Interestingly, if people want to have a look at this, there is a political group now, their name escapes me at the moment, but there is a political group that Maria are offering a third alternative, but they've totally focused on swing Democrat states. So they look like a kind of a front political group for a Republican Party stroke, a Trumpian mm. um, type polit- political um, experiment. So watch out for some of those things there as well. It's not quite as binary. There will be other influences. It's almost overwhelming, the Democrats and the Republican, but there are those little threads that are there, and they were most definitely there in 2020 in relation to the election of Biden. You got a people that kind of said, okay, we have to go for this because if we don't, well, this fella's going to get in. That's a factor most definitely in all Trump elections and yeah. will be next time as well. I, I suppose before, we'll just move off uh, in a second. Now, but the other question I have is, where is Ivanka? Where is Jared? Where is Melania? Yeah, yeah. You know, those. <laughs> you know, you sort of, you know, there's a whole, be the a whole is there, there's a whole, uh, you start to say he's running out people. Who is there? Actually, that's a good question. Now, who, you know, uh, uh, even those people within Congress, then, you know, like the Mitch McConnell's or the Kevin McCarthy's now, how mm. is Kevin McCarthy? How does he engage at the moment now with Trump? It's it, it's looking a little threadbare, but make no mistake, no more so than him trying to find um, lawyers and, 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 and legal people to deal with his various problems. Yeah. It's getting threadbare. It's getting difficult. But look, there'll always be enough of people happy to hitch onto the Trump wagon. He'll always find what, people. What the, was the barrel. He could be low in the barrel at this stage. Yeah. What was Donald's response to um, your opening piece from Fox News when he was given? What oh, was yeah. the response? Why did you hire these people? Yeah, well, I think it went off into a, a bit of a rant as, as per yeah, usual. He, he would just deflect on yeah, that. Yeah, deflect. That stuff I, is... Yeah. That, that that sort of like water off the yeah ducks, you know, proverbial ducks back exactly and he started literally probably turned into a, a debate about oh, Hillary and uh, uh, the the email server and stuff like that yeah. he just deflects he, yeah. he, he doesn't care he, doesn't he actually it, it, it was interesting again because we hadn't seen him in operation he did a CNN thing there about a month ago I don't know if you saw the kind of yeah. a town hall thing and he you know you think CNN reputable good strong news organization. Um, he ripped him asunder. Well, they used to be. Yeah. He ripped. He yeah. ripped. He actually, again, you, you, you given him the platform. He, he, yeah. he, he's 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 very skilled. Um, he's very skilled if he has a platform. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, and, and he he does have that platform. You know, no, speaking mm. of, yeah, it doesn't have CNN a platform. would have been regarded as a kind of a negative platform. Oh, yeah, for they him, would have been. But previously, he turned it. Yeah. He turned. Well, no, yeah. He turned it on its head. He went into that particular, if you want to call it a lion's den, not yeah. a particularly savage lion. But he went into that lion's den and actually. Um, but then, you know, so he's not to be underestimated, that's for sure. Oh, no, absolutely not. But you, you look at sort of, you know, Fox and the whole uh, the Dominion scandal and, you know, how things have sort of, you know, broken from that. And like their, their, their top man is gone. Yeah, you see the whole, like we said before, uh, there's a lot of maybe longer than a week, but there's a lot of events have changed more so than in Russia. And there'll be connections there with Russia. Tucker yeah. Carlson gone from Fox now as well. Yeah. We have a lot of sympathies will be called at that towards the Russian system um, yeah, himself do, there he, as well uh, do, and ironically uh, doing a show on Twitter at the minute mm. so you know? yeah so there's a lot of change there's a lot of change there's yeah, a lot of which change. maybe illustrates you know how things are going elsewhere in the world but uh, mm. um, we'll move across the pond Tom to the right honourable uh, Mr. Boris Johnson 
How is, how is the right honourable doing? As in the, the, the chap that you said to stand up and say, order, order in the yeah. house. Oh, God, that man was in trouble. Yeah. Well, <laughs> John yeah. Burkle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was in trouble. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. well the, the right honourable doesn't really apply to uh, Boris anymore <laughs> because uh, he he gone, boy. He gone. Yeah. And yeah. there is going to be a number of by-elections and a little bit like in the States, a few of the other people have jumped ship with him. Now, mm. Tom... Some of this is so outlandish and so confusing, I, I don't really know where we could start. But basically, Paul, the Parliamentary uh, Privileges, Privileges Committee that was set up to investigate uh, the activities of Boris and we'll say, and it all goes back to Partygate and everything else. But it like, goes back, like it go, it's almost like full circle to, 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 to where we started here today with RTE. It goes back to lying. That's where it yeah. goes back to not telling the truth. And yeah. it's Boris not telling the truth to the supreme body that is Parliament. And if it's the Oireachtas here, it's an elected body. It represents us. And if you if if you don't tell the truth to these bodies, well, then it's 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 a smack in the face for us, for us ordinary people as well. Yeah. And that's basically the nuts and bolts of where it is that yeah. Boris finds himself at the moment. And, and Bor- Boris did probably the ultimate Boris thing, Tom, in that this committee had. Uh, and I think it had a majority of conservatives. Majority of conservatives. On it. Labour chairperson. Right. And they came out with a recommendation that he be suspended from Parliament. Mm. Okay. Now, a little bit like uh, Ian Paisley Jr. back in the day got, got suspended for taking an old holiday, I think, out to Mauritius or somewhere yeah, abroad, abroad, abroad yeah. like that. Uh, there's, there's sort of like a different levels of suspension, Tom. Mm. And they recommended that he be suspended for a period of time which could enable uh, outside mechanisms to be triggered in that people could v- look to sort of uh, have what's the a recall, a recall election, a recall election, mm. which basically means that uh, you're in Islington, Tom, and you're very upset that Boris lied and you sort of form um, uh, a group in saying, I want there to be a re-election, be say, because Boris lied to me. He was our representative. He lied to Parliament. I don't want him as my elected representative anymore. And because of this recommendation from the committee, you could do that. And then you could mm. start to say it to Paul, here, will you sign this petition? You could say it to me, will I sign this petition? And if more than, I think, 20,000 people sign a petition, there can be... Trigger, an, it triggers it an triggers election. It triggers an election. Yeah. So, uh, this report was compiled Boris got a copy of it before it was published and what did Boris do? Boris resigned because he saw what was in the report and rather than it have uh, that the report be published and saying that oh this is X, Y and Z is recommended he went and resigned to sort of deflect from it Give me the artist that came up with the song Dirty Laundry Dirty Laundry is he from the Eagles? Before he joined the Eagles. Can it's a very heavy, bassy song. Um, who, dirty Laundry. <laughs> is it Dirty Laundry? <laughs> anyway, but that's what, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about uh, what's called Boris Johnson is Dirty Laundry. Yeah. As in he doesn't want, he doesn't want his, his, how do you say, his jocks seen in public yeah. from what he's been... But you had the it whole... Seems to, it seems to be... It seems to be um, well, at least, at least they're kind of holding him 
to account eventually from a point of view mm, of there's true. some sort of an administration kicking in and saying, right, you did wrong, boy, you did wrong. Yeah, it has. It you know, and the thing is, has. as I said, he's stepping down so that the detail isn't put in to the public domain, basically. Don but Henley, 1982. Don, Don Henley. Henley. Don Henley. There, there you go. And no. You know what? I thought I had got the name of it wrong and I was saying, what am I after saying Dirty Laundry? Yeah. <laughs> it probably was called something else. <laughs> Paul Bugger was going to look her to me two minutes ago. It wasn't Dirty Laundry. It wasn't that. Oh, no. Don Henley's a great song. Mm, it's a yeah. really, really good song. The whole thing, Paul, with his resignation honours list as well. Oh, yeah, that was part of it then as well. That's I just, yeah, it's it coming to play now as well. Y- you mm. know, and, and it's this whole thing with and the life of privilege and a little bit like, you know, we we are sort of coming full circle to a certain extent mm. in that Johnson, uh, I think, would have taken um, the concept of being uh, a government minister prime minister that is sort of privileges and I'm going to take as much privileges yeah. out of this as I as can, I possibly can myself, uh, yeah. you know and mm-hmm. sort of re- reward various people mm-hmm. and give them knighthoods you know and various yeah. other bits like, and pieces like, interestingly someone made the comment that certain people were fined 10,000 sterling for having parties during COVID yeah. and other people who attended parties in number 10 got on the Resignation honours lists, yeah. got MBEs or SORs yeah. or whatever it is to get out of that. So that was kind of an interesting yeah. and and got a uh, you know a pay as you go fine. Yeah, yeah. For so it. that was quite interesting. He's interestingly he did he anticipated what was coming down the tracks there as you outlined Luke and Thomas in relation to the potential possibility of a by election, which he probably wouldn't win at this point in the seat that it is he inhabits Uxbridge. I think mm. it's a marginal seat. He only has a majority of I think five or six thousand votes. So with a swing against the Conservatives that seems apparent now at the moment, and being the character it is that he is. Um, he would probably lose that seat. So the ignominy of losing a seat mm. and again being kind of um, interrogated within the House of Commons just didn't appeal to him. So he jumped ship for now, I think is the quote that he used in his resignation statement. He's not necessarily off the political stage um, forever. He's got a new gig. He's got a big column now, I think, with the Daily Mail. Um, so he is again, he has fallen upwards in his career. Yeah. I'm sure he's been paid well by Lord Rothermere on that one. Um, he's off the stage. OK, fair enough. The damage that he has done and that subsequently, the damage that he has allowed be done to the to, to, to the Conservative Party by even the likes of Liz Truss, who he promoted up through the ranks and the damage that she did in such a short space of time. The damage he has done to the Conservative Party is probably... Um, um, fundamental I would say at this stage the response by the Conservative Party by its current leader Rishi Sunak or the Prime Minister 
um, beggar's belief, really. A weak pawn. He had a real chance to actually draw a clean, clear yeah. line, almost set up a line for the next general election, which is going to be extremely difficult for them. It looks like they're going to lose and lose badly. But he had a chance there to draw a clean line um, and to really um, put a lot of water between himself and Boris Johnson. He was weak, is the best you could describe it as. He chose not to vote in the House of Commons on the day that the um, report was being voted on. Yeah. A certain amount of people voted against it, five or six. So you would indicate there that Johnson has five or six hardcore supporters. And that's not a lot out of his stonking majority of 90 and 370 or 80 that he actually has in MPs. A hundred or so um, chose to abstain. They abstained for the... Re- it was kind of, There was one slightly silly thing in how it is that Harriet Harman, um, the chair of the Privileges Committee, presented the report. Subsequently, after Johnson had... Um, resigned I think on the Wednesday or Thursday night the report then came with the recommendations the following Monday that he would be suspended from Parliament for 90 days which is just a little bit silly Um, it's a bit okay they were trying to make the point this is very serious and what has happened is very serious and we're um, putting this um, stricture on him now 90 days um, that gave an out to certain Conservative MPs saying, this is ridiculous, it's over the top, it's totally daft, we shouldn't be having to vote on, we shouldn't be having to support this type of a stricture on, on Johnson 90 days. If she had left it at the threshold of how it is we create an election, 10 days I think is the thing there, it would have been fine. Now she was trying to make a point about how he was kind of really um, not taking it seriously or kind of rejecting the Commons, the House of Commons. But I think she might have overplayed it by doing that in that she didn't. That allowed certain Tory MPs to abstain in the vote then yeah. by saying, ah, it's ridiculous, it's 90 days, that's silly. Um, that was a, maybe a political, political mistake. Um, but Sunak's response was pathetically weak, actually. Yeah, the, no, fact, I, the fact that he didn't vote. Chose again, not to vote. Yeah, that, that's... Sends out a that, terrible message. Absolutely. And it, 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 I said he had a chance to create a platform you, 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 it, it looked you had him you had him off your back finally Boris Johnson for now and lead into an election but is but the reason you think Paul that he didn't do it that there's still enough people that are in the Conservative Party that would wind up causing too much trouble for him and would no, sort of stop th- him if he, he has a good set of whips he has his own set of whips there he's there for almost a year now at this stage they know the mood of the Conservative Party it was obvious you could see Johnson couldn't get the numbers six nine months ago in relation to a potential return to leadership. You know, if Sunak, if he has good political people, and this is boots on the ground politics, like, you know, good whips, they would know the mood of Westminster and they should be able to put the screw on Boris Johnson and Boris Johnson's supporters. Now, if they want to have something of a Conservative Party for the future, you've got to be bold sometimes in politics. He chooses to be wishy-washy, weak, trying to please everybody. It'll come back to bite him. And biting badly. But what's going to happen, Paul? He, they're going uh, if they reckon twelve months there'll be an election in the UK. Yeah, I, I know there has to be. I think within about eight, eight, is it eighteen. The I end think. of twenty twenty four. Right. And what will happen? They lose. He'll go. Mm. Right. But it's basically that is he trying to do whatever he can to make sure that he doesn't do anything too controversial between here and the election, so that he doesn't have to go beforehand. But he's not going to go beforehand. He's got a majority of 390. He won't go. But is that, we'll say, Boris or some of the people in the party could uprise against him and try and get rid of him? They won't. It's not going to happen. They've done it three times since 2019. Yep. They're not going to do it again. That'll be that, absolutely is, Harry Kiry. That oh, would be suicide. He, he, he's in a lot 
I to me, he looks like he's in a lot stronger political than position he realizes. than he thinks. Well, yeah, this isn't rocket science. We're here in Scarif talking about this. He's got, like I say, he's got whips. He's got advisors. You know, I can't understand why he is so cautious. Yeah, are they so? They're perhaps so worn out and deadened and an empty vassal of a party now at this stage mm. haven't gone through Brexit and the Johnson and the Trust and the whole thing that maybe they just haven't got the energy to do to, 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 to fight an election campaign but he's making really bad strategic political decisions I think um, on behalf of the Conservative Party if he's facing into an election in 12 months time You know what you would really have to question the intelligence of let's say those that stand for government posts and also the, the audience that elects them <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you? A, well, that's a famous Winston Churchill. Did you ever hear the Winston Churchill quote? Democracy is the worst form of government apart from all the rest. And, that's <laughs> it. and he said, anybody who believes in democracy should spend 10 minutes in the in the company of an electorate, of the electorate. <laughs> you know, that, that, there's a certain amount of truth in that. But that's what the system is. This is what it is. This like, is you know. you say, this, I mean, I always find uh, Rishi Sunak very plastic. But this, there's something he's just very plastic. He's not a politician. No. I think he's a careerist. I think he, he came through this thing. He was elected first in 2010 when everything was looking good for the for, Cam- for, for, for the Cameron, new Cameron, and they come out of the, they, they, they were looking good. So I think he had an easy ride in politics and he feels it's a plastic, it's a plastic um, type of career now as well. He doesn't seem to have that rough, raw, ruthless political edge to him. It doesn't seem to have, maybe something happened in the background, but these opportunities that seem to be presented to kind of put a knife through the heart of a, what is, make no mistake, a political foe, which will be um, Boris Johnson. You know, you, you, that's what you've got to do. And I mean, and it's we, peculiar that he's not doing it. I mean, we talk about the system, right? Whether it's the system in RT or whether it's the system in Parliament in the UK. But I mean, we always get disappointed. <laughs> I mean, the great hope, <laughs> politics. the great hope was Obama. Yeah, uh, yeah, right, no. and that See, was that was uh, you know, and there was there, there was, there was the, do you know, and the thing about it is, I mean, he he got such a wonderful vote the first time round and bits and pieces, but then the system, he couldn't really do what he wanted to do because yeah. the system basically came back and showed. Yeah. But I mean, even mm. Kamala Harris, yeah, I mean disappointed but that's why people see people invest too much kind of emotion that's one of my things now they put too much emotional stuff into politics and they get a bit too kind of carried away with it I love the kind of the nitty gritty like the cut and trust part it's cut and trust but it's also nitty gritty committed long term one of my favourite politicians uh, uh, UK Clement Attlee and if you look at him this is after World War 2 you look at him the way he restructured rebuilt look at the influences he had for 25-30 years before as a local politician building up through slums in London and the whole thing that that's your type of politician. I don't. Look, Barack Obama is a great politician, but all this rhetoric and getting the Nobel Peace Prize before you do anything, I find that too much in politics sometimes. And then he's a decent man, a good man. Yeah, absolutely. And Kamala Harris, I've no doubt as well. But you need those hard graft um, apprenticeship politicians, I feel. And look, that's why you haven't got it here. Boris Johnson didn't have that, doesn't have that. Rishi Sunak doesn't have that. You can see, you can see now as we start to tease it, comes in in 2010. I'm, I'm, not, sure, it, I'm not sure does Keir Starmer have it properly neither. Yeah, he, because be, I think yeah. he's, he's more afraid of making a mistake yeah, I think than actually trying to you know, drive yeah, a party. I, I, I think you're very, it's a very interesting point you're raising there now. And it'll come into focus over the next 12 months in yeah. a big way. I think he has similarities perhaps to, no, I think there's a lot of backroom stuff there, but he's making too much of that in relation to dealing with 
the after effects of Jeremy Corbyn and things yeah. like that. But he's making too much of that. I have yeah. a feeling they need to right, move on. that he's a bit too perhaps cautious mm. in his approach and he's expecting it expecting it to fall into his lap. Um, it'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be a fascinating one to watch, Luke. Yeah. That's one to watch for anybody listening. Watch the Keir Starmer and the Labour yeah. Party over the next eight months or so. You know when they say about doctors, right? And all of a sudden you have a, you have a family, and it's kind of like the son and daughter become a doctor, and then their children become a doctor, and it's a, it's a kind of a family trait. But they often say that you know the best doctors aren't necessarily the ones that have come through the the family tree. Mm. It's they they've had to do it yeah. because their father was a doctor or their mother was a doctor. Mm. And is it, would it be the same for politics Absolutely. in relation to as in the, they're, they're pushed out the door kind of going, well, listen, dad was or mother yeah. was, whatever. And now you're, do you know what I mean? When, I, when you think of um, one of the heavyweights in Fianna Fáil politics, Mary, oh, Mary O'Rourke. Mary O'Rourke, yeah. I mean, she was a, famir- mm. a formidable character mm. Mm. and a formidable politician. Yeah. And I mean, it's I, I listened to an interview of hers when she had retired and she was such an interesting interview that you never really saw this mm-hmm. other side to her because it was all politically mm-hmm. driven, As so to speak. But I mean, it, it says something for both the States and England that this is these are the best that we have to lead yeah. from a point of view of honesty, from a point of view of, of uh, you know, of... of being characters, real mm. characters to, you know, to drive policies, to lead a country, regardless of what it is. And here we have, you know, the likes of Putin, you know, from a point of view of, of um, you know, in different, how do you say, elements of the world that that are very radical and they're, they're very, how would you call it, Paul? Not dominating. I'm, I'm, I'm losing the... I'm looking for the, the right name for that sort authoritarian of... Authoritarian. Authoritarian... Uh, leader, yeah. Um, I mean, we've had some, I suppose, great leaders that have now left us in the sense that um, the German uh, Angela, Angela, Angela Merkel, Merkel, yeah, you know, we're, she was. I mean, from the point of view yeah. of Europe we're, we're, and emigrants yeah. and all that, she we're going through. We're going through a phase now, a kind of a world phase, you know, where, where things are changing. You know, kind of, you're, you're you're always formed by the events that go before you. Angela Merkel was formed by living in Eastern Germany under a kind of an oppressive regime that was the Soviet Union. You know, we see loads. We see a lot of people now. Are now the people that are starting to come into leadership roles in politics? You know, what what were they formed? What have they been formed by? They've been formed by a period of relative stability. You know, in the nineties, you know, um, economic success based on low interest rates and a lot of debt, perhaps, you know, so they haven't come through the fires of, you know, the Second World War, like Clement Attlee or the First World War, like Harold Macmillan yeah. being a soldier. Or, or the so, falling of the wall. Or the falling. So, yeah. so you've got to wonder, so what, how, what type of politics then, how will they be, how will they be um, tuned into the world it is that they're now maybe 25 years later or 30 years later having to govern and having to run? Um, so, look, it's impossible. Well, we, Paul, we've just passed the seven-year anniversary of the Brexit vote. Right. Uh-huh. Right? And you start to say the first seven years of it, Jesus, mm. what's, what's, what's the rest of it going to be like? It, it's going to be interesting. But now, mm. Thomas, earlier on, you brought up the topic of bands and oh, yeah. what band would you sort of like <laughs> to see, uh, you know, reconstituted? Um, while we had a little bit of a break between recording the two, I said to Paul that if you sort of say regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. <laughs> Not a band, 
but a man I would have liked to have seen and probably could have now I'd have been very young and uh, might have had to uh, run away for a few days to go and see him I'd have liked to have seen the King of the Boards in concert Frank Sinatra that's a, that's a really good choice that's a really good choice yeah, and, interesting. And, and then I said to Paul that if you talk about a band I think I'd have liked to have seen the Travelling Wilburys yeah, because, I mean, the Travelling Wilburys were a combination were of great individual artists as Musicians, well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't you know, know? Who, the, who the drummer would have been, but they were all good in guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's my contribution to yeah. the debate now. Like I, you'd say the elephant in the room is probably the Beatles. So, uh, mm. But I, I don't know. I was thinking about it since as well, Luke, with Thomas. And I, whilst I think one of them has died now, even recently this year, it was at the was it end the Smiths. I would like to see for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think when you go ooh there now, because the way things have evolved and developed and even politically changed, um, I just find that fascinating. Um, Morrissey, an iconic figure from the eighties and even the nineties, with really peculiar set of political evolved political views at views. this stage yeah. so I'd love to see and Johnny Marr as a guitarist yeah. um, the way they worked together at that time um, and to see that band reconstituted and how would it work now in the in, in using the prism of the development of time or time passing as well I would that would be difficult I, when you go ooh I acknowledge that it would be difficult but I would be fascinated by it and oh, that's what I would say that, that's a rather spectacular <laughs> and well informed choice version of oh no we that, go Frank that, Sinatra that, that, go for that, Frank no, Sinatra no 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 uh, well that's a band now you said you know getting getting Mar and um uh, Morrissey, the, he's, Morrissey he's so he's, he's, odd he's at the political he's so odd and, and tendencies yeah just went totally left of centre very strange oh yeah. it's a very right of centre yeah. well, well, <laughs> I know what you mean left, left right of yeah, 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 yeah. In, in, in sh- sh- yeah. shake it all about go on Tom no I'm just just thinking further a feel in relation to artists that are that have left us and ones that I that I would have seen and I would have loved to have seen again before before they went uh, David Bowie was oh, one yeah. of them David Bowie I saw once and uh, again it was just um, fantastic David Bowie's work when he knew he I don't know that last it's a black it's a black star is the name of the album yeah. he, his last album and he knows he's dying I would suspect but geez, it's, it's some phenomenal yeah, work it's a bit like some of Johnny Cash's last album yeah last those album, American music album, recordings yeah. they're yeah. extraordinary you know and he said you, you, you can't bring the Smiths back together now because their bassist Andy Rourke Andy Rourke Andy Rourke died uh, this year didn't he yeah only about a month ago yeah I think uh, the, the uh, middle middle of May um I suppose so. You'd say right. So the Smith, the Smiths are out because they can't come back. What well, about? Uh, go on. And they won the Champions League. The two brothers. O- Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester City. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Per- personally, interesting. Yeah. Oasis never did it for me personally. Right. You I think blur, I was more of a blur, blur a blur, blur. Head. But <laughs> I I won't deny they had some good music. Mm. But. Just never did, did did it for me. That, I liked that I liked Oasis. I liked the the, the Mayo thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, a lady came up looking for a request for her husband, and she said, "Common people from that band pulp. back at pulp, pulp, pulp. Yeah. yeah, Jarvis Cocker." And I had a I had a quick look, and I That's didn't. Great. Pulp are touring. They're up in Dublin, or they were in Dublin. They're uh, in out in Malahide, I think, recently. 
Yeah. That's it's, they're all reforming again to make a few shillings. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's one Big thing, money. That's yeah. one thing you'll, say about, you'll say about Morrissey. You know, if they, if they reformed, I think it would be the equivalent of what the police did maybe 10, 15 <laughs> years ago. You know, you know, the Smiths weren't as big in the States. No. Uh, but we'll no. say from, from a, a UK, Irish, maybe European side of things, it would have been a big, a big deal. But there's a great, um, we, we think, it went, and it's a great question, Thomas, we're going <laughs> to we spend another hour on this. We're going through a lot of different ones here. But there was, a, I just thought of a quote, and you talk about the Champions League. Franz Beckenbauer, he was a German captain. Yes, had of a course. Great statement. Yeah. In relation to sport, he had a great statement. He said, never revisit the scenes of your greatest glories. Never go back. Never go back. <laughs> That's, that's yeah. Well, and your man from Celtic is going back, isn't he? Or has he gone, has he gone back? <laughs> yeah, they'll say money talks. I think that would be the equivalent of it. So go on, go on, Tom. Give us, give us your choice. No, I have something for. I, I have some for the for the end. One, one of the bands that I that I never got to see got to see Tina Turner. Um, oh yeah. One of one of the bands that that I never got to see, which I think yourself and Mark did get to see, was the Rolling Stones. And I remember Mark saying it was a fantastic gig. I always enjoyed Prince. I thought Prince was Prince. a fantastic. No, he. We went down to Cork and he had a shit gig down in Cork for Correct. Prince. For, oh yeah, for worst Cork. gig ever. Yeah. Cork, nineteen ninety. Yeah, and it was it was it, it was on very early in the evening as well, yeah. and you couldn't see the lights, and he had, he had a white piano up, and it just didn't work at all. It was a poor. Yeah. But then you put him into the three arena, and when he came back as the symbol, and you, oh, yeah. he did one whole. One whole gig, I didn't know one song, and it was a fantastic mm. gig, and I didn't mm. know one track, and he came back as a symbol in bits and pieces. Yeah. Artists formerly know that, know, yeah. you know. Mm. But CNN are doing a, a thing now uh, with regards to Prince, the the unseen archives or something like that. There's a there's a there's a lady who's presenting it, and uh, it's one it's on a podcast. Just it's just a Prince podcast, and she's doing it, and I listened to the first one now, and it's like intense mm. detail about his life she Prince. was she worked for him in the behind the scenes or something like that but a massive fan Paisley Park yeah I, I, I just uh, you know looked at this the end of the show is sort of a, going very off topic but yeah. Sign the Times I think is one Sign of the, the best Times. albums mm. I've, ever, I've ever heard and literally composed produced and arranged by Prince that's a one Everything. man show one man Everything. show that, yeah. that, you know, and I, he stood up for something in relation yeah. to he wanted his own music he didn't yeah. want he didn't and want he, the yeah, commercial um, yeah. how do you say Monsters Taken I've never it, really I've never really Listen to him. It's yeah. When you say that, no, Sign the Times is a fabulous. I'll be listening to yeah. that, and, yeah. and a little bit like Frankie, he did it his way. He Plus, he was able to change his style depending on the particular period of, in let's say that we music time. I mean, you see that. Let's say, I mean, you too would be a good example. They've managed to be able to transcend different decades. Chameleon, like they can yes. take from whatever, whenever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Prince was able to do that as well. From a, from a, he would change his style. To, to to kind of reinvent himself as, mm. he, as he went along but um, a fantastic artist really was where's he from Detroit no uh, Minneapolis Minneapolis yeah. Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Yeah. Minne- Minneapolis. Okay. Paisley Park Studios oh that's where it is Minneapolis yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. exactly so right, right. So, so you've given us two, okay you've given us two artists Tom you know well uh, I have uh, a band uh, I have a band as well and they're, st- they're still together and whenever they they, um, they re- I've only ever seen them once and it was a, it was a pleasure because they had loads and loads of hits, but they're a really really good band, Scottish band, Deacon Blue. Deacon Blue. Yeah, and she she has the 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 contrast to him. What's his name? Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Um. Not Ricky Gervais. <laughs> no. Ricky. Yeah. You know what I'm talking. Anyway, she 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 provides the balance with the the music, and she's a really really good singer as well. 
and they they normally play a kind of a summer set. They 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 kind of oh, Ricky, Ricky Ross. Ricky, Ricky Ross. Ross. Yeah, Ricky Ross. I you remember Rain McIntosh. I I did I, with Carol's show here last year. The music thing it was that she does that. I did that with oh, her here last year. Yes. I reminded the last one we did. Um, do you remember Cahill Coughlin? Um, I, oh, Micro power, Disney, power, Micro power, Disney, Power Dreams. No, 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 no Micro Disney, Disney, Disney and yeah. um, and um, Fatima Mansions. Yes, Fatima Mansions. Yeah, correct. But yeah. Micro Disney came back together. He died. He just died last year. Oh my God, these people are all dead. <laughs> but but um, they came back together, Micro Disney, um, okay. and they did a gig. Um, it was a friend of mine um, was at. They did a gig in Cork and they did a gig in Dublin in Wheels. You couldn't get tickets for it, but he got a ticket and he went. And he just sent back some footage. It's actually on YouTube now as well of Micro Disney. And they're doing this. Um, oh, God. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. They're doing a cover of a song for those at the end of the gig. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Like, you know, what a night. Uh, no, 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 not what a night. Oh, God, I've forgotten to know what's going on from my head. Um, but you can see the two of them, Coughlin and um, Sean O'Hagan, who's the guitarist, just absolutely just getting totally into it again. After kind of thirty years, he, he makes it, he, he does a kind of an explanation of the piece of music about appreciation of music mm. that he, he mightn't necessarily have appreciated at one stage in his life. You know, the, the Fatima Mansions are very heavy kind of a band, Michael Disney, okay. very soft kind of a band. But anyway, but he talks about this, and in the fullness of time, I came to appreciate the music. And then they go into this um, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Jeez. It's just brilliant. It's really good. But so, yeah, they were we're, to we're, see them back was really good. And you, you know, when you, when you think about an encyclopedia of Irish music. The time it was in the eighties when there was a massive downturn in the country, and that was self aid. Oh, I was at that. I was at and like the um, the artists yeah. that performed yeah. into yeah. a newer yeah. cry before dawn. The Fountainhead, Fountainhead, um, yeah, the Fountainhead. Um, great, yeah. yeah, there was loads of yeah. I was at that in nineteen eighty six. There's so many when you look back. Yeah. I mean, most of them would probably have a career today when you yeah. see the type of music that's in the charts. As the camera. Yeah, <laughs> all those bands, and then yeah. you had the really high. You, 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 you had Tin Lizzy, Rory Gallagher. Well, no, you hadn't Tin Lizzy that night. We had you two, Rory Gallagher. You had the big kind of big That's international right. one. And Christy, of course. Christy, I'm gonna, can I? When you're <laughs> ready, to, when you're ready to finish, I have I have just a little well, verse that I want to that I want to well, read. Well, I have a song to finish. You're going Frank Sinatra. Okay. You're going Frank Sinatra. No, no. <laughs> I'm going. I'm I'm I I might have Frank put in the edit before we get to this, <laughs> but there's one that I I I want to finish with. But you go, Tom. Okay. Um, I mentioned Don Henley, right? Dirty laundry. Dirty I found laundry. the I found the lyrics, and it's 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 very apt to what we've spoken about, both part one and part two, probably in the show, but very especially Good part man. one. Bookend, okay? there, Thomas. And this is verse six in the song "Dirty Laundry." Dirty little secrets, dirty little lies. We got our dirty little fingers in everybody's pie. We love to cut you down to size. We love dirty laundry. No, there you go. Paul, <laughs> what can you say? As always, a pleasure, Tom, a pleasure. And Tom, this hopefully will be a pleasure for you because I asked earlier about Glastonbury. What Glastonbury? And did you see something? And Blossoms were there and doing covers of Smith songs, <laughs> which is the irony. But there was one other song that was done and I want you to listen and enjoy. And we'll be back from our summer recess on El Politico in September or October. Take care. Take care.